the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 602-508-0960. As I mentioned, there's a lot in the news. By the way, I uh, I have to take on um, my mentee or adults because he gave a very articulate all, – all credit to you, John – very articulate movie review on the fly the other day of the movie you had seen over the weekend, Black Widow, right? That was the movie. So based on your glowing review, we watched it last night. This is what ha- happens when adults take reviews from people who may have possibly different interests in what they're looking for at the movies. So what I go to a movie... I'm looking for a storyline that has some credibility, at least that makes sense, that explains each and every element or at least covers enough of each and every element so you understand what's happening from scene to scene. And I don't expect a superhero to play a superhero for the first time, having for years been a comedian on sitcoms, which Scarlett Johansson's dad as an actor was in Black Widow. And finally, I don't know the word for this. Is it Duke's machina? Is that the word? The hand of God coming in? But I don't expect random magical things to happen out of nowhere that just suddenly make the good guy have the weapon of choice that he needs for any eventuality. Someone finds a new kind of gun. Oh, here comes a new kind of shield out of nowhere so that no fight can be bet on. No fight can be predicted. No fight can be judged ahead of time. No interest can be engaged because anything can happen. I mean, you could get any weapon thrown down to you or flashed in front of you by God or whoever's in charge of Marvel comics to get you to a successful victory in the fight. In other words, this movie had nothing good to say about it, and it, some guys are out there. I get it. They're, it's a big country. If some guys are out there saying, well, at least it has Scarlett Johansson, and, you know, I'll see anything with Scarlett Johansson, hold the phone. Hold the phone. Um... It's like seeing um, uh, it's like seeing um, that great actress that uh, Charlize Theron in Monster. Y- you don't go to see a starlet who's otherwise quote unquote fetching if they're going to make her unattractive. So as far as I'm concerned, no storyline. Nothing to see as far as eye candy interest um, and 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 no reality when it comes to the pugilism. This is the movie you liked. Do you have anything to say for yourself, John? Or did I describe it fairly accurately? And this is the difference between a 
19-year-old and a 50-year-old. Was I wrong? That had not occurred to us. Uh, Was I wrong about anything I just said? Let me tell you something. I watched the movie with someone who has never, ever in her life not finished a movie because she wanted to know how it ended, no matter how bad it was. Didn't finish last night because didn't care. Because it could end anyway with anything that could possibly happen. Meanwhile, this movie has raked in over $220 million. Okay, I just, the world we live in. John, are you going to remain silent on this or are you going to defend your honor? Or was my argument so pellucid? You know, one of the things, huh? Okay, I do want to talk about the Texas legislators. Have a seat. I'll give you a, a chance in a second. All right, go ahead. Defend yourself now, and then I want to talk about the Texas legislators. Thank you, Seth. Yes. Um, do you want to defend yourself? I just want to say <laughs> that I feel like your opinion may be in the minority rather than mine, considering, okay, that like you said, it's raked in over $200 million at the box office opening weekend, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 80% critic score. Oh, are we going to play the Adam Carolla tomatoes game I'm on this? I'm just playing what the people think. And the people are more on my side than they are on yours. Okay. That's all I have to say. Okay. 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 You've obviously never read Enemy of the People by Henrik Ibsen. No, I have not. For the very last line of the heroes is, the man who stands alone is the man with the most courage. And if you look at the founding, of course, we are a Republican form of government that is based on majoritarian sentiment with substantially important minority protection so that there is no tyranny of the majority against the minority. Um, But basically what I heard from you is um, a defense of the legitimacy of the Joe Biden administration. Majority of the people voted for him. So, you know, Liebson, hang it up. What are you talking about on a day-to-day basis? I'm sticking to movies here and I'm sticking to the topic (laughs) at hand and I stand by what I said and I recommend people still watch it. That's all I have to say. (laughs) All right. If you're 19 and you don't care (laughs) about a storyline that makes sense, characters that you can um, understand uh, or, you know, affiliate with or assimilate towards, and uh, a a principle of reality that engages fights with weapons that are apprehensible and comprehensible, this movie is for you. That's what I'm hearing. And the majority of the country loves it. Correct. Okay. Okay. Let it not let it not be said that we don't handle, handle culture for all ages on this show. Texas legislature. I'm not done with you, Bill, either. You thought he was on the hot seat. I, I'm. I'm. You're in. You're in my crosshairs next. If I'm allowed to say, am I allowed to say you're in my crosshairs, or is that too violent? Yeah. A lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Um, The Texas legislators, the Democrats who have fled the state to take this uh, principled stand in their view, in their words, um, against the Texas election integrity legislation, um, it it suffers from very little Republican response to what the Texas legislation actually does that the Democrats are so infuriated about they are willing to derelictly leave the state and not perform their duty. Do consider what we're being charged 
with politically on January 6th? We, all of us, what are we being charged with on January 6th? Disrupting the operations, obviously, of government and violence. Well, there was um, very little violence in the Texas legislators leaving the state. But how are they doing anything other than undermining democracy in Texas? They were elected to do a job. They are in the minority. And I just wonder what Democrats would say if a Republican minority left the state so that they would not have to be counted, so that they would not have to constitute a quorum and lose a piece of legislation they disagreed with. This would be the tyranny of the minority, John. This would be the tyranny of the minority that the Texas legislators are engaged in, not a tyranny of the majority. And we were far less concerned about tyrannies of the minority because they are a minority. But given certain obviously extrajudicial and extralegal actions of civil disobedience, one can engage in a tyranny of the minority. One can engage in tyrannies by the minority in a lot of different ways, civilly disobediently and criminally disobediently. I would say that we had that in the criminal sense all last summer. All last summer was a tyranny of the minority. Um, today, and, and when I say minority, I'm just talking numbers, uh, as John uh, obviously was, not 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 attributes. Um, what, why is why is disrupting Congress different from disrupting a state legislature? It's only different. It's only difference. It's only difference is one's about the country and one's about the state of Texas. I don't think there's actually a moral difference. The Democrats being a moral are able then to exploit this very issue. But let me draw your attention, if I might, to the Wall Street Journal editorial page today, because while you are hearing Jim Crow 2.0 in Texas and the worst assault on our democracy since the Civil War, by the way, that's connected to January 6th. Joe Biden was praising the Texas legislators while condemning January 6th, while supporting things like like HBNS1, while condemning what the Texas legislature and the Georgia legislature and other election reforms legislatures are engaging in as leading an assault. It's all one assault on our democracy. Understand that. What Greg Abbott is doing is the same as what the rioters on January 6th were doing. Same motives, same tactics, and it's even worse, as Joe Biden says, than what the Confederates did in the Civil War. Over what? I'll tell you what when we come back. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. As you can imagine, John, uh, the mentee during the break, wanted to express further uh, 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 unhappiness with my analysis of the movie Black Widow uh, and uh, relying heavily on the point that, you know, it uh, it's it's the critics liked it. Ninety two percent of the American people who've seen it like it, give it a high rating. And it just it reminded me. Um, coming out of COVID, John, you may just have to adjust the expectations of the American people down. Do you remember the movie um, American President when Michael J. Fox gave this speech? People want leadership, Mr. President. In the absence of genuine leadership, they'll listen to anyone who steps up to the microphone. They want leadership. 
They're so thirsty for it, they'll crawl through the desert toward a mirage, and when they discover there's no water, they'll drink the sand. That's what happened with movies and COVID. People were so craving of movies because of the desert that was created that they went to the mirage of Scarlett Johansson and Marvel thinking that that was a pool of water, and they drank sand and liked it. That's the problem. That's the problem. Meanwhile, I think if you want to understand what a good movie is, why don't you start with The Man Who Came to Dinner? Would you watch that movie for me? The Man Who Came to Dinner. Start there. Spencer Tracy, Sidney Poitier, Catherine Hepburn. It's a beautiful movie. I think Spencer Tracy's last. I think he died right after it. Check that out, John. The Man Who Came. That is your assignment for tonight. Can you find me another one? Yeah. 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 And what's the Alfred Hitchcock one with Jimmy Stewart? The Man Who Knew Too Much, which I don't think is a very good movie. But it does give you Doris Day's case, Sarah Sarah. The legislators from Texas, the Democrats, what are they fighting? The Wall Street Journal is telling us uh, what is actually in this legislation that is new Jim Crow 2.0. And the worst assault on our democracy since January 6, 2021, or America 1861. The 24-hour voting that the Texas legislature is trying to eliminate, it isn't unreasonable to think polling place mischief might be more likely at 3 a.m., Public confidence can be undermined by even false claims about what happened in the dead of night, including from the president or anyone who ends up on a losing side. The Texas bills would allow broad voting hours from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. in one version, the House, uh, the Senate version. The Texas House gives it from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's broader than a lot of states, including Arizona. Okay. A lot of these reforms, for example, the 24 hour voting just came about as a result of last year, as a result of the pandemic. And it was in one county in Texas, the county that houses Houston, Harris County, that engaged in it. And it theoretically could have made sense. It's the legislature's job, but it theoretically could have made sense to have these kinds of voting uh, 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 edits, these voting changes, these voting emendations last year, given the orders that people were to stay six feet, six feet apart from every other. But the legislature in Texas doesn't want that change to be permanent. COVID is not a permanent condition in America. The reverting to the pre-COVID status quo is not some epical loss for voting rights. It's not Jim Crow 2.0. When Ann Richards was the governor of Texas, I don't believe we had Jim Crow 2.0. That's the big one. That's the big one. There's another argument that they are blockading the ballot box. In some places, it has to do with early voting hours. But current law says that in the final week before Election Day, counties with 100,000 people must open their main 
polling place for 12 hours on weekdays and five hours on Sunday. They are giving you early voting. They are giving you early voting by a week. The House would lower the population threshold to counties with 55,000. Both would also require six hours of Sunday voting. Mail-in voters would be asked to verify their identities by supplying a state ID number or the last four digits of a social security number. That way, election workers can quit squinting at people's signatures. A study of Georgia in 2018, by the way, found that 54% of the ballots rejected for signature or oath issues were from minority voters. Under the Texas plan, if the ID numbers matched, the voter's signature would be presumed valid and could lead to an increase in the count of minority voting or anyone's voting who has illegible handwriting or problems with literacy. This is um, this is the extreme Texas voting law. Um, there are other provisions. Local officials would be barred from sending unsolicited mail ballot applications, mail-in ballots. Courts would have to instruct felons about how their convictions affect their voting rights. Employers would be required to permit workers to be absent for the purpose of going to the polls. Ballot harvesting would be banned. Boy, it's a lot more liberal than a lot of states that aren't under the gun with legislators staying and happily working in their states, doing their job and representing their people from majority parties and minority parties. But that is the extent of what has the Democrats in Texas and in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and on Capitol Hill telling us that this is January 6th all over again. Um, <laughs> I met with someone today who was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th talking about what, um, what she saw that day. And what she explained to me is something I've been to, you know, I don't know, in Washington a hundred times. Big rallies outside of the White House or outside of the Capitol. Big rallies in the heart of D.C., whether it was the March for Life or some political message or some piece of legislation. I've been to a hundred of these things. The fact that 500 people from a group of 10, 20, or 30, or more thousand people, when you have eight thousandths of a percent of the Trump voting base engaging in reckless and violent behavior, that's just not the party. It was a lot higher percentage of the party that was endowing, bailing out, justifying, excusing, supporting, defending, engaging with, and kinetically taking active part in the destruction of this country for four months last year, leading to $2 billion worth of damage, businesses that could not open up that night all over again, and 30 deaths. But for that, no one was arrested, of course, or at least kept in jail without habeas corpus or without being given their rights or the right to an attorney. Certainly none of them were held in solitary confinement. Heck, if you were lucky enough, Kamala Harris might even put in a pitch for money to help bail you out. There are not, there is not one form of justice in this country. There are two, depending on your party affiliation.
Yeah, well, I'm glad we added that. That's an that's uh, that's a great song by Kenny Rogers uh, that is now in our bumper as a result of the misbehavior of my producer. Um, I know what happened here. Exactly what happened. Um, my producer heard a show we both like listening to, and was telling me all about it and the part that interested him. And so I went back and listened to that show. And the segment immediately preceding it, immediately preceding that segment, was all about this song and Kenny Rogers and a lot about it. And I know that Bill, the producer, if he told me about this, knowing how much I love Kenny, I would have said, let's put that song in the bumper music, in the bumper rotation. Instead, he decided to elide that. He decided to edit that part out, not tell me about it. So when I went back to hear about it, all the more so, a fortiori did I understand and realize that this song needed to be part of our bumper. So, Bill, you were hoisted by your own petard, you were caught in your own web of lies, and quite frankly, you've proved that by editing and alighting, you are compulsive, because the truth would have done just fine. It would have ended in the same result if you told the truth from the get-go. What do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. The Taliban on the rise, fear and misery, where the Taliban stalk the streets is the New York Times headline. Fleeing Taliban bombs and bullets in Afghanistan's Kunduz province is the BBC headline. Taliban fighters execute 22 Afghan commandos as they try to surrender, is the CNN headline. This is when Joe Biden thought it would be a good time to retreat from Afghanistan. I don't think we need to be fighting 20-year wars I don't want us to be fighting 10-year wars. I don't want us to be fighting wars. But the war came. And as I said in my first segment today, in regard to other wars, as Alexander Hamilton put it, when you go to war, you go like Hercules. We did not go like Hercules in Afghanistan any more than we went like Hercules in Iraq. We do not have the culture today to fight the kind of wars we need to fight to, kind, to have the kind of victories we need to have against these abusers of civilization. When it comes to places like Iraq, you don't take Fallujah four times. You take it once. You take it once. Unless you think it's going to have too many dangerous implications for Americans, in which case you simply flatten it with Daisy Cutter or five. That's the way we used to fight wars and win wars. And I'm sorry, when you are dealing with people who literally need to be bombed into the Stone Age, they are so evil and backwards, I have no compunction about putting that kind of evil down in a week or two weeks if it takes that long. Give it a year or two years if it takes that long. But to look at the past 20 years of what we've done in Afghanistan and just walk out when the enemy is poised at its strongest and most opportune moment to take over, 
I hate to say it. It pains me to say it. I wish I didn't have to say it. But it makes one wonder what the effort was for. It makes one wonder what the effort was for. Rob is in surprise. Hi, Rob. Do I have you, Rob? There you go. No, my buttons are working poorly. Did what? Did, okay. I can't get to him. Uh, welcome. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have a break anyway. We have a little technology problem. We'll fix it on the break, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Portions of Ritz are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning and Plumbing. For all your air conditioning and plumbing needs, they're available seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I know that not just because they say so. I know it because I've used them in off hours and on weekends, as has my family, as have my friends. They all love Cool Touch as much as I do. And the folks at Cool Touch want to tell you about a new system for your air conditioning, if you're looking to replace or get a new unit right now, it operates as if almost it has a dimmer switch on it. So you can have exactly the right temperature with the biggest savings on your utility bills because it eliminates the continual surges needed that are huge drags to turn your AC on and off to maintain the temperature you like. And they are offering a $2,000 rebate on this system. If you're looking for this system, another system, repairs, inspections, you name it, Cool Touch. Air Conditioning and Plumbing is your company. 623-734-1932 or CoolTouchAC.com. That's CoolTouchAC.com. Rob is in surprise. Hi, Rob. Hi, Seth. You know, we never talk. Um, But anyway, um, first of all, I wanted to talk about, you know, your non-monologue today. I think it was great. And part of me thinks that you don't need to necessarily do a monologue every day. Maybe, you know, maybe take a day like, well, Wednesday, that's halfway through the week, and just say, you know, we don't need no stinking monologue. Right. Um, just, just talk about whatever's on your mind, whatever you've read, whatever's, uh, you know, whatever you're thinking about. And I think today's example that you did worked out just great. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's just something that might lighten your load a little bit. It would. It I'm, would lighten my load. But yeah. that yeah, that's not something I'm necessarily looking to do. But it certainly would lighten my load. And if you liked oh, it, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. No, I, I liked it. And, you know, there, there's always a place for extemporaneousness. Is that the right term? Yeah, and that's what was today. I was just I was running mm-hmm. pillar to post on a bunch of meetings. I could yeah. have sat down and told Bill and John to and Anthony to – Leave me alone and just kind of bury myself in here for an hour and hammer one out. But Bill, Bill said, you know what? Just go with your thoughts. And my yeah. thoughts were cool. about the drug crisis where 90,000 well, Americans and, lost their lives last year due to overdose. And, yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. Thanks. And, and actually, I mean, that's Think about that, Americans. Cool. If you missed it, Rob, let me reiterate if I can. So, you hear Joe yeah, Biden and the president talking about... Uh, gun violence in this country. Sure enough, it's a it's an issue, and I I don't begrudge any of it. But it would be nice to hear an equal uh, amount of concern about the drug crisis in America, which takes five times as many lives, if not five times as much, from the president on this. The president today said he spent his entire political career on the crime problem, and um, 
I'll tell you something. I've known Joe Biden of him at least for a long time, and he spent his entire political career on the drug problem, too. And on his watch, on his watch, it has now gone to 90,000. It has now gone to not to uh, almost a million deaths over the last uh, two decades. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Now, oh, yeah. Now, Seth, you mentioned the 90,000 plus deaths. Is that over the past year or year and a half? Just last year. Just last Just year. Just last year alone. Yeah. 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 Well, no, that's, yeah, I mean, that's very tragic. Well, but think about the Vietnam have... Memorial. How many names are on it? 55,000? Uh, more than that. No, but, yeah. I don't think more. I don't think much. I think it's, uh, well, look it up for me, but guys, how many names are on the Vietnam Memorial? There yeah, are over, there, More people over. die from drug overdose every year than the entire experience of Vietnam. Yeah, no, I, I believe that, and that that's truly tragic. Um, speaking of war, and you were on a roll a couple minutes ago, um, I have to add, you know, when you think about it, everything that has been screwed up whenever we go into a conflict, it originates, the screw-ups originate in Washington, D.C. That's right. And that's something, again, where, you know, I'm very, very worried about a generally ignorant uh, voting public that doesn't really understand uh, the consequences of those who vote for somebody like uh, Joe Biden, who, again, in his speech and in the things that he was commenting on, it's all lies. Mm-hmm. And and I just worry about how many people are actually believing all of the lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just really, really disturbs me. And you don't have to be, you know, a, a well-read, erudite, well-educated, liberal education kind of guy to figure all this kind of stuff out. I mean, it's just blatant lying. And how many people who listen to this kind of nonsense actually buy into it? That's really frightening. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Now, on the bright news, um, I mentioned about Amtrak. Now, what's interesting, I read this 76-page report on Amtrak. By the way, I'll, 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 we can talk Amtrak in a moment. I just I want to take advantage of your expertise, Rob. Okay. Um, I take it, like me, you have for some time wanted us out of Afghanistan. I wanted us out of Afghanistan when the first person who mentioned nation building uh, mentioned nation building. Okay. Because that is, that is not the function of the military. And, All right, like I mean, a lawyer, like a lawyer, though, just answer. <laughs> don't give me oh, more yeah. than I'm asking for because of the short. All right, so yes, you agree with me. We we we, we did not like our elongated engagement in Afghanistan, but right. yes or no, right or wrong, now is not that time. No, well, only to the extent that there are going to be Afghanis who don't escape soon enough, who will be killed. By the Taliban. You know they will. You know they will. Yeah, you know they will. They killed 22 and, people today trying to surrender. Oh, exactly. And and again, yeah, I think, again, whether the timing is right or not, I mean, it's been 21, 20 years. But, and as tragic as each death is, um, all of this is really the result of uh, those who were pushing nation building back in, what, 2003 or yep. so? Yep. Uh, and, and that should never happen. And people need to be more understanding of what the mission of the military is versus what the mission of, I don't know, the Peace Corps, USAID, State Department. Uh, they have different missions. 
The military has a specific mission, uh, and all of them, and I do have a lot of faith, despite all this wokeness and uh, other nonsense coming out of both the service academies and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the chief of naval operations, I think most of the guys that are still in the military today, I hope to God, um, still know that they have a specific mission and it has nothing to do with wokeness. It has nothing to do with... I think you're right, Rob. I'd like to think that the military is better than the leadership that they have. I I do think that. Yeah, and I've seen it for, you know, 25 years. I mean, there are those who rise to the top based on, you know, careerism, punching tickets, and uh, playing the game in Washington. And the warfighters, the real people that know what needs to be done and can do it, usually tend to, well, especially since the Obama uh, purge back in, what was it, 08, 09, um, they they got uh, retired and replaced with those who were, you know, towing the party line, which is extremely dangerous. And again, I go back to my thesis that everything that goes wrong in a war uh, that the United States is involved with originates in Washington, D.C. Hold that thought. I'll and- let you make the other one when we come back. Okay, i got to hit the quick break, but don't go away. You've uh, been trying to make this point for a day or two, and we keep running into it. So be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Rob, thanks for waiting. I appreciate it. I know you had another comment. Oh, well, you know, I, I think, again, this, this goes into the general mindset of those that, you know, migrate to Washington, D.C. I think uh, many of them may go for idealistic reasons, but also there's a lot of them that go there, uh, well, because they want to be, you know, in control and in power and everything. There is never and, a real estate slump in Washington, D.C. Do you no, know that? never. Yeah, never. It's never happened because it just keeps oh, growing and growing and growing. The demand for housing is always high. Oh, yeah. And and the prices keep going yep. up. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've spent a couple decades there, so I understand completely. But the problem, again, is um, people end up being in charge uh, for all the wrong reasons. Yep. And I worry that, you know, and again, this goes back into our Aristotelian and Dante's divine comedy. Aristotelian, you know, brother. Aristotelian. Aristotelian. There's there's a lack of virtue. There's a lack of humility. There's a lack of character, um, and they've either never had it or may have learned about it but forgotten. Well, there's a huge amount of arrogance. Though. That's not in short supply. You know, oh, yeah. you become a legislator in Washington D.C. having been an accountant, lawyer, attorney, whatever. Um, oh yeah, farmer. You name it. You go to Washington D.C. And all of a sudden, you have levers of power and are expert on a hundred issues. That was never the intention. Oh, yeah. Let me be my expert about my hundred issues. Well, yeah, exactly. And again, you just go keep me safe and the roads and trains running on time. Well, yeah. Speaking uh, of, I'll talk, about, <laughs> I'll talk about the trains, but I think you're right. I mean, in the sense that uh, the people go in uh, for idealistic reasons who were elected, but the people who are really pulling the strings are the unelected bureaucrats and the uh, civil servants and the senior executive service people. And many of them have been Obama appointees who he somehow corralled into 
uh, government job. Well, man, many many of them are appointments that have been there forever, and they think they're in charge. And uh, I, yeah. you know, and, and they're non political appointments, at least in uh, uh, from the beginning. And you end up with Anthony Fauci's, who make uh, high six figure salaries and have the power yep. to change America's life. Yeah, and. The silly thing is that people buy into it yep. and believe him, yep. and and that's the old believe the science thing. Anyway, Amtrak, um, and I bring this up only because you have a dog named Dagny. You've read Atlas Shrugged. You know about Dagny Taggart and how she made her trains run on time. Yes, and how she did everything possible to do that to make the train run on time because that was her job. That was her mission. Now. Amtrak has come out with like a five-year plan that is going to include bringing uh, Amtrak trains into Phoenix and also adding uh, trains between Los Angeles and Tucson and three uh, round-trip trains between Phoenix and Tucson and have trains coming from Buckeye going into uh, Avondale. And I think those are all Union Pacific tracks. But what's interesting, and I'm kind of torn about this, because obviously... i got to hit the break, Rob. I just got to. I don't have a choice. I'm sorry, brother. We'll be right back.